culture. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. Everyone. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. Everyone. It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. I'm Vanessa Ryland. It's our 25th episode. Aww. And what better way to do it up than to have two amazing guests. Uh, He's the writer-director of Better Off Dead in One Crazy Summer, Savage Steve Holland. Hi everybody, it's Savage. That 25th anniversary, I just said the Better Off Dead is the 25th anniversary of Better Off Dead. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. And of course, uh, the star of those films, as well as Moonlighting and Revenge of the Nerds, Curtis Armstrong. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Nice to be in your home. Oh yeah. Thank you, you mean for inviting this palatial, me. Uh, I mean this really high-tech studio. studio. That's yeah. what I meant. Is that yeah. a robot bringing us those beers? <laughs> yeah, that's right, Savage. <laughs> You're good at this. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being here. Oh, we're delighted. Thank um, you. We love talking about I ourselves. was in the neighborhood anyway, actually, so it worked out <laughs> Oh, <perfectly>. good. <laughs> at another studio next door. <laughs> No, I was actually just on my way to the airport. But it's okay. I've got plenty oh, of time. Okay. <laughs> it's an international flight. leaves in about 35 minutes. But yeah. don't worry no about big it. Big deal. It'll be fine. You've got your priorities straight, mister. Yes, I do. So you did say it's the 25th anniversary of Better Off Dead. So let's, uh, let's talk about that for a few, shall we? I hope so. Um, <laughs> because he drove a long way. And he's got a new baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah right. Congratulations. We'll Shout out that. to the baby. <laughs> Babies love shout out. Yeah, thanks for the plug. But she's cute. <laughs> she is. She but she doesn't really need anything. She's fine. Okay, okay, cool. She's kind of like a Lindsay Lohan. She drinks and pukes and passes out. <laughs> so that's, just, you know. Yeah. I would love that, yeah. baby. Is she, is, she, is she sorry about no, it? No, no, or? no, 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 no. She's, she's just bulimic. She's a little. <laughs> but, um. Anyway, that I bet was she nice. looks great, though. Oh, she's cute as a button. So we steered this totally off. Go ahead. Well, that's, that's the, that's the beauty of this podcast. So it it yeah, can go wherever it goes. What a genius movie, I think. Yes, it was. <laughs> Still is genius. Who's movie. behind that? That oh, was good. That's just crazy. Well, it's good to have Curtis here because I think I've mentioned a billion times that my first person I wanted to cast was Curtis when I... I, I didn't have any idea about anybody else. I, I originally wrote Lane as sort of a nerd Woody Allen-ish guy, so it's funny that I got Cusack, who's kind of a cool studly guy. But the first person I wanted for Charles DeMar was Curtis, and I, I couldn't believe that I got him in my movie. That was it. And I'm like, this is going to be a great movie. How'd you trick him? Um, well, he was out of town. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yes. I tricked him that way. I, I was, was like, in the Yukon. Yeah, oh. he was. I was actually in the Yukon shooting, shooting a fine motion picture um, called Clan of the Cave Bear. And um, we, all we had was a radio thing because <laughs> we were in staying in tents without electricity. Is this real? Right no, now? seriously. I'm not yeah. kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not. it's that Daryl Hannah movie, right? Yeah, and no, I know. I'm, this picture that I'm getting is I, I, so sparse. There was the radio thing that was in the the big tent where we ate ate our food, and um, I had gotten a message to to you know that it was uh, all right to call home, which you know you had to arrange for times, and I called home. And was told that I'd gotten a message from my agent about a possible movie coming up. And when I got back to uh, Vancouver, I called. And my agent told me that she said, well, it's someone named (laughs) Savage Steve Holland. (laughs) And I said, I'm sorry, it sounded like you said Savage (laughs) Steve Holland. And she said, yes, he's a new uh, director and he's written a script which is... 
I've heard a lot about. It's very funny, and he wants you in his movie. I said, well, I can't read because I'm up here for another nine months or whatever it was. And you're a caveman. And you don't know And I'm a read. caveman. Yeah. And, you know. I'm working on the wheel right now. Right. That's right. <laughs> Craft services, other crew members. Yes, that's right. It's terrible. Exactly. It takes a lot of time. And she said, no, 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 it's no, they really want you to do it. They don't want you to read. And that had never Whoa. happened to me before. Yeah, that was awesome. That's, that's the first time thing. <laughs> and I said, oh, why don't you send it to me? And well, because I figured anyone who's offering me the movie, <laughs> must be it's got to be bad. <laughs> Name Savage. That was a whole other issue, but I was thinking, mm, I don't know. And so they sent it up, and I laughed and laughed. Uh. It was such a funny original script, and and I called up and said, I want it, please. So I did it. Oh, my gosh. That is so sweet. And it's so infinitely quotable, too. It's just like one of those movies that it's not like a lot of cult movies. I guess you could also call it classic. I think it's a, it's a fair. I think it qualifies. Um, you know, a lot of those have like one or two lines that people quote. But this has like a, like a dozen, at least, that are very infinitely quotable in this That's movie. That's true. And, and, and in interesting contrast... Client of the Cave Bear has no lines <laughs> <laughs> that are quoted except line. by mistake. <laughs> See, there's uh, fire bad, right? Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Just about that. Yeah. Uh, is it is it true? I, I think Savage told me this back at Sketchfest that you improvised the Charles Demar line um, at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> yes, I did, and yeah. uh, that was that was when uh, Aaron came up to uh, to Lane. Oh no! No no no! Up to Beth, up to Mandy, and said, "You look like a nice little help." <laughs> or in his in his Robert Wagner voice, "You look like you're in a nice you're a nice oh. little helper." What's your name? And he was looking sort of at me. <laughs> 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 so I just said Charles Demar, yeah, and he he laughed a lot, and and so he called you over oh, and said, "Hey, awesome. Savage, look at this, look at this," <laughs> and so we did it for Savage, and he said, "Oh, good," which is what he usually does. Is <laughs> if you come up with something that is funny, because I like, get credit for it, I have written right by. there. You go, yeah. right. right. I'm so smart. Oh, I was such a genius that day. <laughs> that's like, uh, I mean, that's a couple times that's that's happened that have been just fall out of your chair funny moments. There was one on Wicked Summer with Bob Capper. We'll, talk, we'll get to that. But, God, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, there was little improv wonderful moments like that on Better Off Dead. Every now and then someone would come up like, um, uh, in the name of God, all <laughs> that's holy. I think that was like David Ogden's tires. Yeah. It was just supposed to be like, hey, Lane, what are you doing? He's like, for the love of God and all that's holy. Yes. Yeah. Just little moments like that. It's just so cute. But you see, I mean, you know, it sounds, of course, as always, like I'm blowing blowing smoke with Savage because I'm I I always talk about what great what a great experience experience it is to work with him. Um, but one of the things that directors do, in addition to good directors do, in addition to hiring the right people, is to create an environment where people will feel free and comfortable to do that kind of thing. Because yeah. believe me. It's rare, and I've been in very few where you have that feeling. And they, that was one of the great advantages and continues to be one of the great advantages to working with Savage, but especially you know, on those first couple of movies. You know, he just made it a perfect environment. Well, that's really sweet. And you guys have worked together a ton, right? Yeah, I try to put Curtis in everything, and it's kind of worked out very well to my advantage. It's funny because a lot of shows I do now, um, a lot of my even Disney Channel or Nickelodeon shows, they'll always be like, we need a guy. 
and he's got to be. And then I'll throw out like 14 different versions of who this guy is. I'm like, what about Curtis? They're like, can you get Curtis? <laughs> like, oh, watch this. <laughs> he's out of town right now. Like, yeah. he's so that's what he's here for. Yeah. But. I'm like, Curtis, remember those naked pictures? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. He always shows up and makes it so much better. And they're like, everybody's sort of like, why didn't we think of that? You know, he's just such a good... He does everything, and it's just amazing. I mean, that's how talent. we got him on this podcast. No kidding. You emailed those naked pictures exactly. out. One it does another. Trip, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've got a 15-year-old daughter. She can't see she that. She can't, can't see be that. seeing that <laughs> stuff. No, no, no. Especially with the funny hat you were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I still have that hat. Aw, you guys. Yeah. Just for old times. <laughs> By the way, what about language on this? Oh, feel free to swear it up. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That, oh, that's... crap. Whoa. No, no, not that word. Oh, boy. Not the C word, though. No, we'll be good. We'll I think we've had one or two that somehow have magically not had a single swear word in it. I think, I think just two episodes. Like two. But the rest were, you know. Out of they, 25. Once we're you uh, open up the, let those bulls of Pamplona run. Yeah, we're not going to. No, we're, we're not going to. I was just asking. No, it's fine. I was just yeah. asking in case I slipped. We did the, uh, no, no, we did no the one crazy summer, like, uh, what do you call that thing? The uh, commentary. Commentary thingy. And with Bobcat, which was pretty tricky. So because Bob <laughs> likes to say bad words. He's bad. He's a very bad person. He is <laughs> and um, so it was just funny because we trying to control ourselves and that was, was a little difficult, but it was like the funniest thing. Like if you ever um, get the one crazy summer commentary, I think it's, it's obviously like a hundred percent funnier than the movie. Just the commentary. It's just a different. It's a different kind of fight. <laughs> You're a supportive guy. I know, that was sort it's of a, a different guy. It is really. It, it was. We funny. laughed ourselves stupid yeah. that day. Yeah, because there was a lot of dumb things that happened. On oh, that what moment. was the thing that you said that he improvised? Who Bobcat? Yeah. Or, oh, oh, God. oh, 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 God. Oh, oh, um. Well, I'm that ready. was the scene in, in the garage floor with the um the twins mm-hmm. with Egg Stork and um Egg is telling the story to Curtis, who's being all. Would you want to do it? I mean, it's sort of like. It's your scene. They they just Action. they just did it for me, and then I just was <laughs> well. They, what happened was Bobcat and and Tom Villard, the late Tom Villard, mm-hmm. God bless him, uh, uh, were in the in the set in this garage set, and Bobcat saw me and called me. That's is that like. <laughs> um, they uh, they called me in, and Bobcat said, "I want to try this scene and see if." Savage likes it, and and uh, he said, "So I'm going to describe to you uh, this." And he told me basically what he wanted me to do, which was essentially sit there and do nothing until the time <laughs> was right for me to say my line, and then I would say it, and then he would give the punchline, and that was just the way it worked. And it's the scene where uh, I'm I come in, and he Ak Ak comes in, and he says he's he he he, he, t- he starts telling the story about. How sad he's feeling because uh, he's remembering this little, this little fat boy uh, when he was growing up, who was very insecure, and everybody was really mean to him and used to. They picked on him. They picked on him constantly, <laughs> and and he's trying to make me feel better. Because right. I've been thrown out of that my house by my worse, father, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he says. Uh, and and he, I don't remember. Them. Well, it was really like it sounded like a little bit like he was probably talking. He was about talking himself. about himself, and in this whole yeah. long lead right. up, <laughs> and then and then Akak says, "Was that little fat boy you?" <laughs> and and he says, "No, but I used to love to beat him up <laughs> and just smash him." <laughs> and I say, "Why are you so fat? Why are you so fat?" <laughs> Yeah, I think in the lead-up that he even says, like, people say you have a brother, and yeah, you right. don't even look like him. So you do even like, it's so specifically, like, yeah. And so it was, it, and I guess you told me, 
which I didn't know, was that this was part of his routine. His stand-up act, yeah, it is. But 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 he had manipulated into this funny scene for the movie that was perfect. Again, written by Savage Steve Hall. That's right, that boy. So um, yeah, no, but it's funny because when you get someone like Bob or even Curtis, and you get all these great you know magical moments. That's the beauty of like casting fantastic people. Got very lucky. And that's what's great about I think both those movies is is the characters I'm sure are very funny on the page, but they're cast so well with great character actors that they all really come alive. Because you can ask anybody who their favorite character is in Better Off Dead, like they will give you ten different yeah. answers. Yeah, you know? that's, yeah. Sweet. Um, that's what's so great about it. Um, I mean, you got Dan Schneider's. Oh yeah. Um, how was it? I can't think of the character name. Something. Must never upset mother ever. Yes. Must, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, well, then, well, well, like his his best scene, Dan again was made up by him. Was when he leaves the dance and he's trying to look for Monique, and he runs out and he loses his balloon, <laughs> and he turns and he jumps trying to catch it, you know, and it's long gone. But it was like he again, he's like, watch this, and I'm like, I guess he's gonna do something good, and he did that, and we all just died, you know. And, and I had no money, so I was like, I seriously, I had like two takes on everything, like I couldn't afford film, you know. So so when you when a guy says, watch this, I'm gonna try something, you're like, ah, oh, crap, you know, should I let him do it because we have no time and no money right. and stuff. And so he did it, and it was fantastically funny. And um, I was just really lucky to cast him too. And Cusack, like, uh, there's a scene where, where he's like, he's in the uh, garage with Monique, and he goes, "Oh God, I've got to get to a cave." You know, when we tested the movie, I don't know why, but people love that line so much. <laughs> and, and, and like a lot of the lines that are quotable that were written are. It's so funny that people think of them as like really funny lines to, to remember, but it seriously is because I didn't, I was, I wasn't good, good at writing dialogue at all. So I would have like little, you know, little scenes. No, seriously, seriously, I would have like um, really little funny scenes, but I wouldn't know what to say in them. And I would say, oh, I should have dialogue. The movies have dialogue. You know, if I had, <laughs> if, if I had a better off to the script, that you know was really the way I first had it, it would be three pages long. You know, Paperboy chases, ha ha ha. You know, and and so so lines like Curtis I want my two dollars. Like I do well, think you're being too hard on yourself. I read your script. Well, and he laughed and laughed. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 if you look at it. It was a pretty short script, and it was really like the original thing was just a, an outline. And I was like, I have to write some dialogue, so I would like really like just have the guy say, "I want my two dollars" a bunch of times, <laughs> and, that's and then of, that a catchphrase is it, born. It, it, yeah, but you know, you also have to remember though that you know we were just talking about before we were airing here or whatever we're doing that, that uh, <laughs> and why am I not wearing pants it's, hey listen it's, <laughs> it's studio rules okay no I mean I, I forget because it's computers it's yeah. not really airing is right. it right um, but uh, you know that's the way everyone used to work the great comic directors Stan Laurel you know Charlie Chaplin all those people used to write scenarios they didn't write dialogue that mm-hmm. was something that came yeah. you know like gravy and uh, it's like the that's you know what you were doing, and and the same thing also with the improvisation. I mean, it, there is a lot of improvisa- improvisation, but you know what, you know, Re- Revenge of the Nerds, which I'd done right before uh, uh, that, uh, there's a ton of improvisation in that as well. Yeah. I mean, there are, you know that happens all the time. It's not like I mean when you talk about it as being something that's unique to you, which of course it isn't. It's, mm-hmm. you, that's the way a lot of people work. And yeah. also, the, I mean, it's a testament to you that people feel safe enough to improv in your environment because right. that's what makes things good is you can tell everyone to well, join themselves. And it's they, the they psychological, the yeah. it's the psychological yeah. freedom to do it. But yeah. it's also, technically, it's also uh, a script which which allows you to do Framework, that because yeah. mm-hmm. speaking just for myself and I'm not, I don't consider myself improvisational as an actor. I can come up with stuff if I know who the character is, mm-hmm. right. but I'm not an improv actor. I never did improv, yeah. you know, except in acting school. 
So, but but you have to have an idea who the character is and what the scene is, and feel sure enough about it to be able to 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 improvise within that context. So, really, part of that scenario th- that you're talking about, what makes it effective, it, that is that is effective if you if you are able to look at that and have something trigger, Even, especially if somebody like me who doesn't do it well anyway. Right, because I feel like sometimes people like will they'll just use that as a crutch or an excuse of like, well, you know, I'll just hire good improv- improvisers yeah. and I'll just like sketch out a really lousy scenario and let them invent it. Uh-huh. But I think the really good improv comes out of people that have like really thought about the characters yeah. and they're really well. And they understand. It. Yeah, they, then they really understand the character and then they're able to go like, oh, okay, this is totally keeping within what I know about this character, and then it, you know it helps generate ideas that way. Well, can I ask a question? You sure can, Curtis. In Revenge of the Nerds, when you go to the door and you knock on the door and there's just this guy behind the door who looks through the mail yeah. spot. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Com- what, was that just ad libbed? Like a it was bit- complete. It looks ad lib too, actually. But, but, but it like was fall out of your chair, funny. Like, but who was the guy behind the door? Was it was that it was Jeff the, Canoe? No, it oh. was Peter McGregor Scott, who was the producer, one oh. of the producers. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> Peter McGregor Scott, and and he uh, he, I don't remember why they did this thing where the nerds have to go out looking for for a place to live after we've been thrown out of the gym by the jocks, and. And so they had a couple that were scripted. Mm-hmm. You know, Wormser shows up with the with the uh, with Marianne Muller Liley, the the actress in the red, right, right, who red, falls red. in love with him and mm-hmm. like, he's <laughs> trying to seduce him. Yeah. You know, all that. I mean, there were a couple, and and Brian Tochi met the 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 Japanese man who mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. he doesn't like nerds in his house <laughs> in Japanese, and um, and so there were a couple of those, but there were there were some which were not really scripted, and literally it became. You know, uh, Peter going into the mail slot and and peering out, and then just <laughs> they turned on the cameras. And to me, I look at it and it sort of makes me cringe because it's so clearly I see it as so clearly I haven't a clue what to do. Oh, but, I, but see, I, I, I disagree. I think, but, but that's yeah. it's, the, it's the way well, I look who at would? It. But, that, but that's what made it look funny. I mean, that's why <laughs> I've always yeah. wondered because it looks so improv, but it works so well, and it was all on your reaction to this guy because your character Booger was never like afraid of anything. No, but you were a little <laughs> unsettled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is that guy behind the door? It was, it was a great moment. Yeah, well, that. that was yeah, that was improvised. Well, because I was thinking, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to spin stuff back to nurse, but when, when there's people like um, Jeff Canoe or, or people that. Um, let people do stuff. It's like, for instance, you're you're in there with a bunch of really funny. I mean, I know Bobby and stuff, and it's like really funny guys. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you have that competition, I think in a comedy when you get like an ensemble comedy, it's really like who can be the funniest contest. That's yeah. the way I look at it. That's true, but also it's a little scary because you know when you look at your movie, both of your movies, although you had had Bobcat in them, who was known as a stand-up. Mm-hmm. Most of the people you hired were actors. Yeah, they were not. True. They were not comics. Yes. And what happens nowadays? Since I'm still doing these things mm-hmm. after 25 years, which is good. Uh, good news oh, for know, America I'm, and the yeah. world. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, mm-hmm. Savage. But what I what, but uh, what I'm finding now is that stand-up comics are now the yeah. actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. And actors, I don't know where they get work, um, <laughs> but stand-up comics do. And when you're in an environment like that. Where you have people who are that fast all the time, it's really it's intimidating. Up. Yeah, I mean, I find it. You just very... have to do some street drugs. Yes, well, <laughs> ideally, <laughs> yes, yeah. you of know? course. He, but he just uh, but they're not always available. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> worse luck. No, but it's funny because you're right. Because a lot of actors become the straight man to those guys. You um, have to. I mean, you have to. People. I, I find myself re- reverting to it all the time. 
just out of a sense of protection. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like recent projects that that has been? Well, I just did Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. That's, a, that's an example. Yeah. And, right. you know, that's one where I was sitting there. I had I had a scene with Larry, David, and then a scene which I came into, but, it, but only tangentially. And it was Larry and Bob Epstein and Richard Wright uh, all sitting at a, these guys all sitting at the table just talking. Oh, no. They just talk. And you have to join in? They, no, I didn't oh, have God. to join in. I was sitting at the next table, and then after <laughs> the three of them leave, I come into the scene and ask Larry if I, uh, something. And that was, all, that was what that first scene was. And I'm sitting there for four hours watching these guys effortlessly, effortlessly just sit down and go. And, I mean, they're just brilliant. And you wouldn't even think of being able to... To keep up? To keep up with yeah. somebody like that. Then I had the scene with Larry, which was just the two of us, mm-hmm. and we improvised it, but it wasn't working for me as an improvisation. Mm-hmm. And we wound up having to actually structure it. And it you know, took hours to mm-hmm. shoot because I'm not really that kind of a guy. I'm, you know, but yeah. when I watch Masters like they are on yeah. that show. I mean, they're gr- brilliant at it anyway, but then on top of it, they've been doing it for they've so long. They've been doing long. it for so long, right. they know what they're doing. Oh, you know, yeah. Oof. That it's so impressive. But it happens It happens a lot anyway, especially with the younger the younger crowd. Oh, you yeah. You know, when I do some of the... Some of the uh, they riff. Uh, they just... <clears throat> you just sit there and you don't even... Kids are riffing again. They're riffing. They're, but I, I learned that from kids. Bobcat. Like, he had, like, Tom Kenny, who plays Sponge, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, SpongeBob now. Mm-hmm. But he... Um, Tom Kenny. But he... Um, him and Bob would do that. They would riff, and you'd just be crying. And they was just talking about anything, you know. But just by talking, you're like, where does that come from? Well, here's something from from uh, One Crazy Summer. I don't know, remember whether I even told you this or not. But there was, you, you know, there was there was Savage and Bobcat and Joel Murray. And Joel funny, Murray yeah. is another one, yeah, you know, really who good. is so fast mm-hmm. and so funny. <laughs> and we would hang out afterwards, you know, at the end of the day. And the three of them were just so funny, so quick, and so uh, just, I mean, you, you, were, you were laughing yourself breathless. <laughs> and again, it was one of those things where you just couldn't break in. And there was one night where I was with Cusack, and he was sitting there sort of staring into space, and he finally said, do you ever feel really insecure that you can't keep up with them? <laughs> Whoa. And I said... All the time. <laughs> and, of course, you know, from that time on, I was conscious of the fact that when John and I were in the room with them, we would just sit there and laugh or, you know, want, finally get to the point where all you could do is stare <laughs> at these these forces of nature riffing yeah. and being so brilliantly funny. And, and I understood what he was saying. We really, because we were not that type of person. We couldn't be that funny. Now, on, on One Crazy Summer, you got to work with uh, who I think is one of the funniest people in the world, Joe Flaherty. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What was what was that like? That must have been amazing. That was a dream come true. I yeah. mean, that was so cool. I couldn't believe it when he walked on the set. Again, tricking somebody else. That was you good. Picked? Oh, yeah. Picked? No, no. <clears throat> Again, <clears throat> it was so he nice. He was shooting Clan of the Cave Bear. <laughs> yeah, and, and a radio call came. <laughs> Joe, someone's tricking you. Pick up the phone. <clears throat> so, again, <clears throat> now I'm going to cough up phlegm. But, um, 
it was funny because Better Off Dead had tested so good. That's the, mm-hmm. the other evil thing that happened. It was like, <laughs> so I really believed it was going to be this ginormous success. And so when um, I did One Crazy Summer, it was picked up by Warner Brothers, which was a bigger deal. I mean, the Better Off Dead was a small company called CBS Theatrical Films. So they didn't really know enough to fire me or get rid of me, and they let me do the movie. <laughs> but Warner's is a different story. So um, what was interesting was that the movie did test so well because they were going to distribute it. And so they watched Better Off Dead with an audience, and the audience really loved it. So when I did, went to do One Crazy Summer, I was sort of like, okay, I've got to have a Curtis, i got to have John, you know, and um, they really let me have anybody that I wanted. <clears throat> so I did my dream cast, you know, of like Joe Flaherty and Billy Bird and like all these really cool people that I just, I couldn't believe that would show up on my movie. And Rich Hall, when, before oh, you yeah. were born, he was in, doing this thing called Sniglets, remember? And not necessarily the news. Do you remember sure. that show? Yeah. Oh, yes. um, so it was all these like, like, HBO was new then, you know, and it's like all these great comedians. They'd have all these stand-up acts. And, um, and then I, I had met Bob. And I was doing Bobcat, and I was doing the the, the circle of like comic stores, you know, the co- comedy. St- yeah. What am I trying to say? The stand comedy store, places. the comedy store. Yeah, stand up places, and got to meet all these really fun, cool people. And um, it was interesting because no one, there was no approval necessarily. You know, I think like I'm better off dead. I had to get somewhat of approval, and definitely for Cusack, I had to like get um, that actor. I had to have a lead actor that they would approve. Mm-hmm. And um, I just was. It's so nice when you can kind of almost. Uh, hire an actor and say like I'm going to make a part for them you don't have to like write a part sometimes you can just go I want to work with that person and I think that was like Joe you know I was like I got to come up with something that he's probably never done but that's almost impossible because he's done everything and um, that guy just couldn't have been sweeter he was so cool Um, I I, you know and and, uh, um, SCTV at the time was it may not have still been on the air, but it was very recently yeah. off the air. Right, yeah. And I was addicted yeah. <clears throat> to that show. And and uh, I was so excited to meet Joe Flaherty. And then when he wound up doing that part where he was essentially saying – he was essentially doing Count Floyd, his character <laughs> from, from SCTV, only without the, the you know, yeah. Dracula yeah. accent. Yeah. But he's doing the – Imagine there, <laughs> an airplane has crash landed on this point, and there are bodies everywhere, <laughs> all kinds of eyeballs hanging from trees, and it's like he's making up these wonderful images. And well, you got to take a stick. You got to have to put them back in. Yeah, you got to get a stick and shove them back in, and you have to do all of these things, and it. And I just and 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 Cusack and and Bobcat were also huge SCTV fans, and you know all we did was sit around because we shot all night on that beach, yeah. and uh, we would just sit around the fire and have Joe Flaherty tell us SCTV stories. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome! awesome. You know, that's amazing. All of which I've forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> make one up. Just make one up. Uh, <laughs> you think about that because I'll tell you one thing that's funny about that that Joe Flaherty scene. It, when, the way it was written by my pathetic writing because he made it special Stop again. Being mean to yourself. Well, it's sure. just again. I, I, if I had that scene the way I wrote it with Joe actor guy, it wouldn't have been funny. Right. And so when you have Joe Flaherty there, it was like ten, hundred million times funnier. But um, um, he. Um, oh wait, I, I was going somewhere. It was so cool. Uh, oh, the, the end of the whole scene, the build up to the whole scene was like this disgusting story about like bodies and things and blood everywhere and there was these Boy Scouts there and the whole scene was like, you, you keep cutting to this one kid who looks like the kid that's not going to make it and, and he barfs. You know, the whole thing was like we put eggs and stuff in his mouth and he barfs in the end and what was, what was interesting was that's the way I wrote it, like pay off a kid barfs because he can't handle it and I just cut out the barfing because Joe was so good. You know what I mean? So maybe I, it, it worked out better because I can see by your face the barfing joke might not no, have been I a good like- I was just thinking about the eggs when I made that. Well, no, I mean not eggs. Something that looked like gross. So, 
So, you know, my Open idea, your mouth, kid. <laughs> you're going to like this. <laughs> Mom, yeah, I don't want to do movies. <laughs> your mom already signed the papers. <laughs> yeah. And here's some cream corn. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I just was saying that, like, if I didn't have Joe in that, it would have been a crappy scene about a little kid barfing. Think about it. Think okay. about it, girls. All right, okay, okay. Are you done? Something for yeah. people okay. to think about. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Piven was also in that movie, too, Yeah, right? Piven was great. He comes with, he came with Cusack. Um, he had tried out... Uh, now, this is an interesting story that I, I, I didn't know any of this. I guess he was he was up for the part um, that Joel Murray did. Right. I we learned know. this at the silent movie theater um, thing. Family, Cinefamily. Cinefamily. Oh, Cinefamily yeah. thing. That was really cute. We, we had this screening of it, and Joel came, and I haven't seen Joel in a while. And he's just as funny, and he was great. But he was telling me that, which I forgot, that Cusack recommended Piven for the part um, that Joel played. And he told a really funny story about them both being on an airplane. And Joel was like sitting next to Piven. He's like, yeah, I'm going out for a movie back east. And Piven's like, yeah, me too. And it was the same part. So, <laughs> so anyway, Joel, Joel ended up getting it. But Piven, we liked him. And um, John wanted him around. And, and so I'm like, well, I've got this lesser thing. And he was so cute that he did it. Because it was like, I mean, he's a really good actor. And it was just funny. But he really ate it up. And he played a good bad guy. Oh, he really he did. Wonderful. Yeah, he's yeah. perfect yeah. on that part. And, of course, now it's mm. one of those things where – where he's he's become so much a part of the popular culture yeah. because of of entourage yeah. that when you first see him the audience always <laughs> goes nuts because yeah. he looks 12 yeah yep. yeah <laughs> he really does i think but the you other... still see the you know malevolence yes yeah mm. and he's like so he came across as so frat boy like oh, privileged frat it, well, boy he's in the best he's, possible he's, way you, know? you you couldn't you couldn't invent a better type yeah, he looks like probably what the character in Entourage was like when he was like... Yeah, he was just doing prep. See, that's how brilliant he is. See, I knew ahead Whoa. of time. That was, that was, that was the point I was See? trying to get Somebody to. Somebody yeah. you a That's unit. what I was going to say. Yep, that's for my babies and money. <laughs> College so fund. So if you guys are feeling generous... <laughs> Well, the other character I find in both these movies too is the animation. Like, oh yeah, it's such a big part of those yeah. films. And you started at Cal Arts, right? Yes. Um, and then you went to Press Your Luck and <laughs> <Whammy>. <laughs> made some whammies. Yeah, I um. Well, it was interesting when I was at Cal Arts. Like, uh, there was this giant. Well, not giant, but there was an animation program which was Disney Animation, where you could learn to draw Pluto and do animation and stuff like that. Then I was in this thing called Film Graphics, which was like a lot of people that did things like Star Wars, like really like um, you know compositing and things mm-hmm. like that, tricky kind of animation things that bored me because it's like math. Yeah, I can't do that, so I drew my stupid cartoons. And um, <laughs> but I had a couple guys there that I really liked. Um, one was um, this guy named Bill Cop, and um, he won an Academy Award for Best Student Film, and he's like a sick alcoholic like me, which is great. And so, <laughs> so we, um, we we just you know, drank lots of beer and drew stupid cartoons. And so I, I kind of felt bad because when I got out of college, like a lot of people were going to do things, and I don't mean to besmirch this, but like, um, you know, like G.I. Joe, like things that maybe were, you know, a little not the coolest, like animation cells where they would actually wash off the cells. Did you know this? Mm-hmm. Like like at Hanna-Barbera back in the old days, they would they would um, paint cells for, let's say, G.I. Joe or something, and then they would wash them off. You know, now we collect them and stuff. But they, they were so cheap that they would yeah. wash them off and reanimate on them. So, that, yeah, that's why they look all scratchy. If you look at some of the old Scooby-Doo's and things like that, they look pretty bad. So I felt kind of bad that a lot of my best animator pals were like, that was the most they could hope for. Right. So I was kind of like, well, this is what I do, animation. So maybe I could just put some animation in here and have some of my friends do it. And that's kind of, I, uh, you know, Bill did a lot of the um, Better Off Dead stuff, like the opening titles and stuff. I mean, I did the original drawings for it and stuff that were actually in the script. And then, um, like, but when One Crazy Summer came around, it was like I got David Silverman, who now does The Simpsons. And um, so it was like eight of the best guys I knew who did stuff, who kind of like had no, no hope. 
A lot of beer, but no <laughs> oh, hope. Oh, they had lots of beer, believe me. That's how I tricked them into doing it. Right. Curtis was using a tent and a radio, a scratchy You're a radio. You're a master manipulator. Right. <laughs> yeah, a movie, Curtis. We'll give you extra rations if you take the movie. <laughs> That's right. Okay. hungry. There's food. Clan of the Care Bear. Care Bear. Um, Speaking of animation, I don't, did you guys see the, uh, oh, the Banksy Simpsons? titles for The Simpsons that just came out? No. Did you hear about this? No, I read about it. Uh, so cool. It's pretty. It's online. You can see it pretty much anywhere now. Wait, um, what are they? What kind of titles? Uh, Banksy, the graffiti artist from oh, Britain. Um, he did the opening he titles. He did the opening titles cool. for Simpsons. It's it's basically like, because no one knows who he is, Like mm-hmm. they had to go through the producer of the Exit to the Gift Shop movie to get to him. And so like, you know, Al Jean and those guys never met him. It was just simply like he came up with storyboards. That he sent to them, and then they put the, the stamp on it. So in the opening credits, like you see, like Banksy written on walls and stuff like that, like so they make it very clear. But what it did is it um, there's that that misconception that um, oh they they use kind of like really cheap labor by shipping out the animation to South Korea right. and that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, towards the end of the couch gag, it goes it's really it's really dark, really dark. Uh, yeah, it goes inside the TV and it goes into this this factory where they're making these cells, and, and it's, it's all like, these kids. Oh, are, yeah, it's like dark and dank in a basement, and then they're putting like kittens through a, a, a shredder oh, yeah. to make uh, stuffing for Bart dolls. Wow. And uh, there's a unicorn that's chained up that they're using to punch the hole in the DVDs <laughs> on its horn. But see, we're laughing. It's <laughs> really, it's really funny, but it's really, really, really dark. Well, and like, it's a fine line, isn't it? It's yeah. It's, you should check it. out. It's pretty great. Okay, it's, cool. it's, it's online. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know, um, I met somebody yesterday who said that he had worked with you at. Um, Entertainment Tonight. Oh God, really? And he had all of your cartoons oh, from whoa, Entertainment Tonight in his garage. Oh, or eBay. Funny. Yeah, I had the weirdest job. So I was did the whammy, which mm-hmm. was silly, and then um, and that was this new computer system where you could do twelve uh, drawings, like on this computer box thing. So that's why it looks so bad. You know, it's like twelve drawings was the most you could do to make animation for the whammy, which oh. would come out in this game show. It would come out and like and do something and embarrass you. He was mean. He was a mean. He would break dance and take yeah. your money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sing Michael Jackson and things that are relevant now. And so, um, <laughs> so, um, so then uh, from that, I got a job at Entertainment Tonight. And what it was, is I had my own. It was really just starting. I mean, it was a really weird, different format. It's same music. That's about the only thing that was that, that's, that stayed the same. But um, I had this little sequence, and I don't know why. I don't know why they gave it to me, but they did. It was crazy. And um, was it every I, Friday night? Yeah, every Friday night they'd have some something relevant to you know that week's story, like Burt Reynolds' toupee fell off, you know, or something like that. And and I do like six panels. That actually had cartoon balloons. Like, look, there's Bert's toupee falling off. They were awful. Tom Cruise really is going to be at this party. Exactly. <laughs> no, it was dumb stuff like that. And, and so I had like a year of employment there. And every Friday they'd, they'd bring in pizza and I'd always have friends come over for my own pizza party. And then there'd be like real people that work in production that would be like, who is that guy? beating <laughs> his friends, you know. Was, was, looking back, wow, I was an idiot. But, um, but it's cool because it, they um, banked those first... That first season, I believe, of Entertainment Tonight in like the the TV History Museum in the Beverly Hills place. Oh wow! wow. So my stupid cartoons are there. You're in the museum. See somewhere nice. in this dark, dank, you know, closet of that museum is my stupid cartoons. Now you're this guy. He apparently has, them has too. Them. And I would die if I saw him. So please tell him I don't want to see them. Tell him. Oh, put okay. Them on because the I told him <laughs> to call me. I, no, I didn't. I, I wouldn't give him your information, but I told him to 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 send me an email and I would tell you if oh, you wanted to hilarious. see them but no um, you should put them in case I'm hit by a truck which is very possible <laughs> you can get very rich from them well maybe not that rich you but think you're going to get hit by a truck most likely okay most likely 
Well, well you know, anyway. he, ta- he goes on all these things and talks crap about trucks constantly. <laughs> so they're just a yeah, for you, Yeah, they are. Truck. <laughs> Duel, I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who we had on our podcast? No, once? who? Bobby Campo. Oh, he was in Bobby Campo. Mm-hmm. I like that guy. Mm-hmm. He's, did you ask him about it? Uh, yeah. He's what spoke he very say? kindly of it. <laughs> and you, he said you were so nice. He's a good guy. He's a really handsome guy. He's really, really cool. Really handsome. Funny, really handsome. The ladies like Bobby, some Bobby Campo. They do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he could the lady cooler. to my left. Yeah. No. What? Who? Okay, fine. Oh, you're like... He's okay. delicious. No, he's... he's <laughs> I can see that. I mean, he's one of those few guys you can say, yeah, he is... Because you know what? Also, he's a good, funny guy. He's, he's very sweet. He's really funny and, and sweet. And um, it was just funny. And I, when I did Legally Blunge 3, um, he was the good-looking guy in it. And he would always say, hey, do you mind if I do this? And it was like one of the few times where we were talking about improv. And I'm like, mm, no, nope, Bob. That's not okay. <laughs> you're all handsome and stuff. Your time, you know, you're done. Okay? You've already had enough. No Bobby. more gags, no, Bobby. No, no, no. We don't need any more attention on you, good-looking guy. Bobby, get your shirt wet and yeah. shut up. <laughs> and nowadays, you can't even use the excuse of, like, well, we only have so much film because, <laughs> you know, it's going right. take forever <laughs> now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Do some more push-ups. <laughs> now you just go, losing the light, losing the light. Yeah. <laughs> like, the only way around it. Uh, but you did do Eek the Cat, though. We oh, yeah. can't not talk about Eek. Yay. So cool. Um, Eek, is it? It's not, it's not out there, is it? It's not on No, DVD? you know, it's funny. It got bought... A, I, this stuff always happens. Um, it got bought by some channel... Some channel... I'm sorry. Fox Kids Network got bought by... Some channel. Anyway, it all got put into some sort of vault, some hideous Ooh. vault somewhere, and it's gone. I, I can't even find it online. It used to have. You don't episodes. even have any. No, oh, no, I have the. You know, I have all the copies of. But it I mean, stuff. oh yeah. But um, the, as far as the show, like it being sold, do you think that, for instance, Bobby's World was on that, and these like kind of when Fox uh, Kids Network started, have all those disappeared? Gone? Yeah, I don't know where they all went. But Whoa. They're gone. But um, yeah, Eek was great, and then Curtis was in the spinoff, The Terrible Thunder Lizards. About the first two humans put on Earth who were idiots who invented lawyers and tar pits and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty good. It was such a funny show. Yeah, oh my run. gosh! Charlie Adler was the other the other uh, caveman. Yeah, and uh, and Kurtwood Smith was on it. Yeah, we had Eleanor good, Donahue. Yeah, and Jason. Where she Priestley. was on Eek too. Yeah, yeah. So we had we had some good cast. The good thing about animation though is like you can really now that's where you really can get anybody. Yeah. I don't mean that in like they're horish or anything like that, but it, it's just like so relaxing and so much fun yeah. to, co- to come in. And so we just would look up anybody. I mean, I had, um, you know, Captain Kirk came in. You know, <gasps> William Shatner was there, and Mr. T, and just all these kind of again people that I. So I, were you I just like making about. up parts? Like yeah, uh, totally. Or I'd write a script. How do I get Mr. T's phone number? <laughs> I would do that, and then he would say yes, and I'd say I better write something fast because <laughs> you know? he'll kick me. He'll pity my foolishness. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's that is kind of cool about doing voices in animation. Is like it's like you come in for an hour into a booth, yeah. and you're done. Yeah, and, and it's to hilarious too. And you look so skinny. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You look great. <laughs> mm. Yeah, unless you're drawn fat. That's true. Hey, it can happen. That's hey, true. not in my world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. All right, let's uh, let's talk about moonlighting for a few. Oh my gosh! Mm. Oh no, you didn't. Oh, and I was just <laughs> sassy, savage. Snap. 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 So you came on in season three, is that right? Ish. Uh, season like midway through season two. I season thought. two, maybe. Okay. But maybe. the problem with the show is it's not. It's difficult to say because you know we never ha- we never actually succeeded in in filming an entire season. I mean, they 
you know, we, they would get bought up for, you know, 23 oh. episodes and you'd do 13. Oh, I didn't know because that. Because every episode took forever. Right. Uh, <coughs> for one reason oh, or another. Are those two yeah. people? And um, <laughs> so uh, we, you know, we don't even have, we never even made enough to, you know, get syndication. We got like 60 oh, episodes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a such a fun show, mostly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mostly it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it, it's it's one of the first shows I remember that was you know kind of episodic in the fact that every week there's kind of a at least with the first couple seasons there was a murder that they had to figure out a mystery whatever but they would break the fourth wall like mm-hmm. it was all so the time. Creative. And you right. guys would be in the Atomic Shakespeare episode. That was cool. So cool. That was absolutely cool. Because I remember that was watching that and just my mind was blown. Like you can do anything <laughs> with TV. There's no rules. Well, that was the idea. That was the idea, and they they used to play with that. Or Glenn Gordon Karen, who was really, you know, the mastermind. There was, you know, that was the idea as to how can you do these things. We'll do a silent episode. We'll yeah. do a, a black and white noir episode. We'll do a musical episode and. You know, all that kind of thing. I mean, they they were in one of those positions where you could, you know, they had a, a, a degree of uh, of gravitas. No, it's a good word. Okay, though. I, I wouldn't <laughs> have used, I but but I mean, it was a significant show, even when it wasn't popular. It was at least, I mean, in yeah. the ratings, yeah. it was at least critically, people really loved it because yeah. it was inventive and different and all that kind of thing. So. Uh, so they were able to do all of those things, and the, uh, I had had to turn down a summer at the New Jersey Shakespeare Festival, which I had wanted to do. Uh, and I did and you inspire the episode? No, I oh. didn't. <laughs> Just but, say you did. Okay, I did. It's a better story. It is. I'm yeah. sorry. I, and I'm sorry. so right. history was made, and uh, and they loved me so much. <laughs> That they wrote the Atomic Shakespeare episode, and no, he said he said, well, as it turns out, you might have missed doing Shakespeare there, but you're going to do it here. Oh my and, gosh! And um, it was uh, uh, an amazing experience. It took I think three weeks or something to shoot, which was unheard of at Whoa. the time. I think I may be wrong, but it was one. It was at that point the most expensive <laughs> episode ever shot. Wow. wow! You know, it took forever and. Um, but got it. It was really, it was really good. And actually, some <clears throat> stu- some t- uh, schools have used it to teach. Yeah, you know, I watched as a it. Supplement I watched for, it in um, theater class too. Yeah, yeah. And they, it's online. Like you can find it. I don't know if it's supposed to be. So mm. some people have uploaded you it. You know what? Mm. What? There it's it is. Wide open. The internet is full of pirates. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but I think but yeah, that that, that show cool did one. so much cool stuff that didn't seem to catch up to a lot of shows until like now. I feel like now we're in where there's a musical episode and there's all yeah. these creative things. Yeah. But it felt like Moonlighting did that way before anybody else was. Yeah. So I threw out Gravitas. So what I thought you were <laughs> heading to is that the producers were so like well respected yeah. that they could pretty much do anything they wanted. We, uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they have a sense of, yes, yes, they did. Right. Yeah. yeah. In, there you in go. Particular. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely true. I mean the, the show the, the show was so light, you know, for the most part. Um, but uh, but yeah, they definitely did have that kind of influence at that time. So you've worked with Bruce and Demi? I worked with Demi oh, before yeah. she ever met Bruce. That's right. So did That's you right. feel like that they were a good match? That's where we've been building for the whole episode to this moment. <laughs> it's not a question that has ever been asked. Uh, I asked a tough the tough question. The truth is, didn't no, I, I didn't. I, it didn't strike me that they were a particularly good match. It, mm. it was. I thought it was really 
strange. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it was a weird coincidence when she. I mean, it wasn't coincidence, obviously, when she showed up on the set because he actually brought her in. She did oh. a cameo once. It's a strange thing. I mean, you know, suddenly Demi Moore is there. And you're and, like, hey, Denise. Yeah. I mean, we were oh. saying, oh, hi. This is awkward. And uh, Well, it wasn't awkward. Bruce it was just, picked up just on the tension awkward. between you guys. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, the next thing you know, uh, it becomes it, it becomes the... Uh, the three of you are in a dressing room? There's no. oil everywhere? <laughs> no. No. Well, you are the like queen of wishful sauce. thinking. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it was it was weird. I mean, I went to the wedding. I, <gasps> we re- I, no, yeah, it was on the soundstage. It was on. They had this whole production on the soundstage, and uh, and uh, some of us were invited uh, from Moonlight. Was it lavish? It was pretty lavish. Did you go to the divorce? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I was uh, I was you in were Canada. Clan of the <laughs> Uh, Did uh, Bruno play the reception, or uh... I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's all no. a beautiful blur. I, yeah, it, I, there honestly, there's a lot I don't remember about that time. <laughs> we won't go into it. <laughs> It'll be easier that way for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So when that's it's weird, I remember everything about you know Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer. Moonlighting is a bit of a blur. I um, cannot imagine how stressful that set must have been it i didn't find it that stressful oh yeah actually i mean it was it was long and exhausting it was long days and there was a lot of tension and a lot of arguments and that kind of thing but they never involved me uh, that's all specifically that and so i was sort of the outsider because you know elise had been there uh, from the beginning elise yeah. beasley and you guys were so great to and, yeah yeah thank great you together. and um and so she was she was part of that that group, but I was, you know, I'd been brought in to do one episode, um, and with the idea, I didn't know this, but I oh, they were sub, already planning. They had already sort of decided because b- for because a test drive. Glenn Gordon Karen was a fan of Risky Business, Revenge of the Nerds, and Better Off Dead. Whoa! And when this happened, when I went in to read for this one-time character, apparently. Um, he called uh, John Abnett, who had, who had produced um, uh, ri- uh, Risky Business, and uh, just to find out that I wasn't difficult. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because I guess... Just in case. Right. You never know. You already had enough of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, we can't check right. anymore. Yeah. And, and both of them told me that story, that, that, that they checked you Glenn, out. Had, Glenn had called to check me out and see if I was... And everyone covered for you? They were like, yeah, no, he he's fine. Great. He's fine. <laughs> he was great. He didn't tell anything about what happened in that Chicago one time. that time. <laughs> Still no one knows about that. No. I got the pictures, but I'm not going to release them. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. The <laughs> Everybody's even, okay? <laughs> so when that show came to an end, there was rumors that there was possibly going to be a spinoff for Herbert? No, was there that, wasn't. Was that true? I read that somewhere. That would have been cool, though. Cole tried think, to start a rumor yeah, for you, but it was too late. <laughs> unless, but then some unless, pictures surfaced. Unless my parents have been blogging, you would never read that anywhere. <laughs> Nobody ever considered a spinoff. For, Did you? Of course not. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> I wasn't born yesterday. I mean, I, I knew what, you know. I mean, we were there as, uh, certainly I, I won't speak for Elise, because she had been on the show from the beginning. I knew why I was there. And it was not as potential spinoff or anything. Mm. You know. 
Anyway, by the time the show ended, everybody was so sick of, you know, the drama and, you know, all of the attendant nonsense that, I, you know, I'm amazed I ever got a job again anywhere. Because people... But you've gotten lots of jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. But, but no, no, I mean, yeah. what I meant is that, it, you know, it, it, did, it did tend to leave a kind of a sour taste in people's yeah. mouth just because of all of the... You press. mean you were stained? I was soiled. You were soiled. I, I, I felt soiled. But I'm sorry. Soiled <laughs> man. But then you brought me in to do Terrible Thunder Lizards, See? and I felt better. Aww. Yeah. It cleansed him. Lucky. <laughs> so I read this on IMDb yesterday. I don't know if it's true or not. Is it oh, true, God. Savage, that you're attached to write Howard Stern's Porky's? No. Well, no. I mean, there. yes. I mean, there's... there's Here's the thing. I did a pass at it. I mean, Howard Stern was trying to get like a, he's probably done three other passes at it before, and I was one of the people that t- took a shot at it. It was interesting because um, I had a pretty good pitch on it, and um, I had to go to Las Vegas to meet him, which was I, I've skydived, which was the scariest thing I've ever done. <gasps> that was a horrible. I Why would you water, do that? Well, I had to just see if I could do it, and I would never forget going up in that plane with, with like water squirting out of the pond. I could literally see it coming out. It was so horrible, and it was the worst thing I ever did. Ew. I never survived. Told me that. Oh, I survived. Your fingers were gleeking. No, no, no. My Palms, if your palms ever sweat because you're not like nervous. sweat, so that I, I could, could see I was, out. I was going because the plane goes like this, it goes two and a half or miles up, oh, and it goes no, like, thank you. and the whole time you know you're gonna jump out. And I have to say that going to meet Howard Stern, I had the same feeling. Whoa. I was just like, I'm gonna blow this, I'm scared. Oh, he's what if he me hates me? Boobies. Yeah, I don't know what kind of anyway, he couldn't have been sweeter. He really lo- he loved the pitch, so I wrote, I took a pass at it. There's a go between company that is be- kind of between him and putting his name on it, basically. And they were very suspect people and um, had a whole... Well, I'll give you their note, that sort of famous note. I was doing Lizzie McGuire's directing that mm-hmm. show, and they were like, we were expecting more of a Lizzie McGuire feel for Porky's. <laughs> for Porky's. Yeah. What? And that's when I said, I just don't think... <laughs> Whoa, that, uh, yeah, my and, mind is blown. <laughs> you no, know, isn't that impressive? And, and it was like, Howard Stern presents Porky's, and it's like, we wanted more of a Lizzie McGuire-style writing, and I was that's like, That's the most bizarre thing. Yeah, so, so you, can, you can imagine I was confused, you know, yeah. to say the least. So it's like, you know, I don't think I'm the right person for that. So I backed out, and, you know, and, and, and I did see... A version that they made because Howard didn't put his name on it. They did make one. It's okay. out there, and I'm not going to say anything about it. But um, there is one made. <laughs> um, I'm signaling what it's like. But um, anyway, um, but it, they didn't use any of my stuff. There was some stuff, but it was sort of like you get these things from the writers' guild. Like, you sure you don't want to put your name on it? And I was like, No, yep. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm good. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you know it'd be interesting to see what Howard Stern like. Like he did that in Rock and Roll High School, were like his two favorite movies mm-hmm. when he was growing up, and he wanted to do them. So it seems like they did the Porky, the Porky's one, and um, I'd be curious to see if he was going to do um, Rock and Roll High. School, but there was a rumor that he was going to do before they actually attempted it that he was going to do uh, a Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, but he didn't do it, but someone oh. else did. Oh, okay, go ahead. And they when got they got they pulled the plug on the movie while it was being made. No, that's Whoa. nerds you're talking about. The nerds. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about that. Like, what? You... I don't know that much about oh. it. It was it, they they did a new pass at it, and they did it in. Uh, I never read it, and they started uh, to film it. They started filming it. They were at Duke University in North Carolina, and then something happened, uh, uh, yeah. and it was not it was not going well. But then something happened. Uh, oh, I know what it was. The story I heard was that Duke uh, was going through the gang rape trial. Oh, at that time. Oh, gotcha. The, uh, what do you call it? The yeah, lacrosse, lacrosse, team. lacrosse yeah. thing. Yeah, and it was happening at that time, oh. and somebody 
had read the script, which was apparently so explicit. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. remake of Revenge yeah. of the Nerds was so explicit and gross. And they went, you know what? We have enough bad yeah. publicity yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. We're not going to do this. And yeah. they pulled the plug. And I worked with one of the actors who mm. subsequently who had been in it. You know, they didn't have any of the same characters. It was all Oh, different. they didn't? Just like no. a complete new reboot with the mm. young no. cast. They all knew kids. And, and, of course, unlike Revenge of the Nerds, we were all in our 30s. Yeah. You know, when we, when we did the thing, yeah. mm. you know. And, you know, now, of course, that... You know, well, you it's like like uh, well, Porky's was like well, that. Porky's was yeah. like that, and so was uh, uh, better off dead better off dead because you were in high school. But we we yeah. covered that though with you've been going to that high school for seven and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> right? that's, that's true. That's my favorite even... line in that movie, by the way. See, I've been going to this school for seven and a half years. Okay. I'm no dummy. At this thing yesterday, where people were signing, mm-hmm. this couple came up, and they have a little girl who is completely adorable, who is 15 years old, who better off dead being her favorite movie ever. Wow. And she said, I've even memorized some of it. Do you want to hear something? And I said, Would you like sure. to hear a piece? Yeah. I said, what do, you, what do you got for me? And she, and she said, Lane. And she did me. Wow. There's a 15-year-old girl, and she did my delivery cool. perfectly. I mean, it was, I was so impressed. I just thought she was great. Maybe, wow. Maybe she'll be you for Halloween. I mean, she'll maybe. be Charles DeMar. Maybe. Wow. One can hope. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I'll people be have been you for Halloween, huh? Well, they could have been. Oh, man. Could have Kmart, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Charles DeMar costumes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Let's, uh, let's do first. Yeah, let's. Shall we? This All is right, an exciting so every part. podcast we do a first question, your first R-rated movie, things like that. Oh. The one we came up with for you guys uh, is what was the first cartoon you can remember being in love with when you were kids? Mm. You know, it's funny. I, can I start? I don't Please. Know It'll give me time to think. Mm. It was funny because um, some of them were just awful. But it was like the Flintstones was, was like probably the best that I yeah. remember. But you know what's weird? It's like when I was a kid, the Beatles were really big. And mm-hmm. you, they were this group. And they uh, were what are they? Are they <laughs> big? <laughs> what are they? And, and, I, and I remember that they had this little Beatles cartoon. I remember that. And the only thing... That was really the Beatles, I think, was the opening titles, which might, might have been the song like Hard Day's Night or something like mm-hmm. that. And it was like, and you'd watch the first like minute of it, and the rest was just crap. And you're like, God, I, and now I've learned that, you know, not John Paul George, they didn't do any of the they voices. Had I, I had no idea. Right. And so I was like, it's the Beatles, they're doing cartoon, but why does this suck so bad? <laughs> you know? But I'd always watch it because the opening titles were so you good. It was a real Beatles. I'd get sucked in, and then I'd be like, oh my God, this is horrible. <laughs> so, so I loved it for that first like 30, 20 cents, whatever yeah. it was. And then, um, and then there was, you know, I mean, I'm a Warner Brothers fan of like Bugs Bunny and all that stuff, yeah. and um, th- th- those were just the best. The Warner Brothers, Bugs Bunny, and Elmer Fudd, and all that, and da- Daffy Duck were just pure genius to me. And then there's something sitcommy fun about um, the Flintstones. There was oh yeah, oh sure, really like calming and funny and, and cute. And I really felt like they were real people and they had a real life, you know. And I just was sucked into them too. So I would say those would be at the Warner Brothers and definitely the Flintstones were yeah. giant. Um, until uh, until the great Gazoo came in and ruined it. Oh, yeah. yeah, we don't even need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. It's so depressing that Gazoo that happened. Gazoo was like when like the Brady Bunch that. got that little cousin that came yep. to live with them. You know, you just know that's like it's when they like, ju- jump the shark. shark. Yep. They yep. jump the shark when Kazoo. And yeah, Curtis? people people say that about moonlighting with me. When my oh, character came in, that was the beginning of the end. Your Kazoo. Oh, it's no. true. It's true. Okay, uh, cartoons for me. Um, uh, Warner Brothers, obviously, but um, I don't remember seeing them on TV that much. Um, it, when I was a kid, what I remember from TV, the first ones that were the big ones for me would have been Top Cat oh, yeah. and um, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and Rocky and Bullwinkle yeah. remain. Yep. I mean, yeah. I have Best all the. Ever. 
The voice work is incredible on that June Foray, and yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. Well, we did an homage, Paul Fries. if I may, in One Crazy Summer, and I believe it's because you were telling me all about how much you loved um, Rocky. And That's Mortal. right. I, I, I remember my dad really thought it was hilarious because I didn't get the Cold War so much, you know. Um, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> even as a kid, I was drinking a lot, so I wasn't paying attention to anything political. But um, but uh, yeah, Curtis, we used, we used to talk about that, and then we then I went to Jay Ward for some reason and just said, "Can I use some of your stuff?" Because does he still have a place? No, he, oh. he it's gone. But it yeah. was on the Sunset Strip, right in the at the curve there. When it turns into the Sunset Strip, used to be the Jay Ward store, and, and he hung out there. I mean, you could get yeah, and just go in, with him there. and he'd oh, be wow. there. And he sold all of the Rocky and Bullwinkle and Dudley Do Right merchandise. Yeah, and like my wardrobe in One Crazy Summer. Is exclusively, uh, what is it? Khaki, not khaki, but uh, uh, you mean um, camouflage pants? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Camouflage pants and J Ward stuff. Graphics, graphics. Oh, that's so cool. Rocky and Bullwinkle and all this stuff on my shirt. And then we wound up using it as part of the fly. Yeah, too. yeah, on their sale and stuff. What's the matter, you? What's the matter, you? Yeah, that's ah. right. And and um, you know who's another interesting character was Art Clokey, like of Gumby. I like I was probably oh, yeah. obsessed oh, with yeah. Gumby also, which would be included in cartoons, but it's animation, right? Right. And um, and he was another guy that that again, when you go out to your dream people, I went to Art Clokey because I was so. I loved Gumby so much, and the guy was like, "Sure, use Gumby." It was like so cool what? to get. So yeah, we got ah. Gumby stuff. Um, there. Oh, I know. In Better Off Dead, there's a scene that got cut out that um, the mom. There's only like three scenes that got cut out of Better Off Dead, and one was the mom was in this cult of Gumby, and there was a scene. <laughs> there was a scene with her at the airport, and she was handing out Gumby paraphernalia and pamphlets <laughs> right, and stuff, and you know, following people around, going, "You know, do you want to join our Church of Gumby?" And she was wearing a Gumby suit, and it was so dumb that the audience booed. But so, <laughs> but was that for, was that for Kim Darby's character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can seems, imagine Kim, right. Kim Darby in a Gumby suit at an airport. You know? yeah. So um, the audience is just like, what? Is, what? They just weren't ready for it. They weren't. They ready. weren't. It was too it cutting was, edge. Yeah, you know? it was a really funny idea. It was pretty. And the funny. Flintstone things make sense too because Barney Rubble's in Better mm-hmm, Off Dead mm-hmm. too. That he wants yeah. to ask out. How did that happen? How did you manage that? Well, again, I, I really that Better Off Dead's mostly a true story. But after, every day after school, I'd watch the Flintstones. So um, when I would come home, it's like the Flintstones. And when I was going through my sad stage, I'd be like. I could just imagine the Flintstones asking out, you know, because there's the scenes in the movie where everybody's asking, <laughs> you know, can I, yeah. you mind if I take out your girlfriend? I actually had Curtis in one scene that we had to cut out, but he actually asked Lane if he could date Beth. Do you remember that? I don't remember it was right that. before you pushed him off the bridge. You, oh, there was God, a little scene there, yeah. There was a little bit we had to cut out because it was like, they were like, why doesn't he have one friend? And like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, it's a true story, okay? I didn't have any friends. Welcome to my life. Yeah, right. Um, so I had to just um, put the Flintstones in it somehow, Barney Rubble. And again, like I couldn't believe that, that Hanna-Barbera let me do it. And then um, we had to – I never was able to get a hold of the guy who played Barney Rubble, um, but I had Rich, um, Rich Little do the voiceover. He did a perfect Barney. Yeah, that was wonderful because yeah. you can't tell awesome. it's not – Yeah, awesome. because their mouths go. <laughs> <laughs> Miss, how about you? Do you have a cartoon? Those are actually my two favorites, are Rocking Bullwinkle and the Flintstones. And yeah. I would watch them. Like, the Fractured Fairy Tales, to oh, me, just so yeah. amazing. were the best yeah. things. Like, yeah. as a kid, I loved them so, so much. And um, Flintstones, for some reason, I always thought about touching the things they would touch. Like, yeah. the clams and the rocks. Like, just 
I don't know. For some reason, I could always like imagine myself most in that world. Yeah. And um, I just loved. I loved thinking about it. And I was Wilma for Halloween. I was just like wow. really obsessed. And, with and during that. the kids just love dinosaurs. I'm sorry, yeah. but it's like the first yeah, thing they love. Yeah. And like the it's garbage true. disposal. It's yes, a monster. Like all that so stuff. Clever. It's like oh, I yeah. loved every bit and of it. And what I remember about it, my, this is my recollection, is that it was on in the evening. Mm-hmm. It, was. it was a prime time show. Yeah. Oh. And that's what well, was the honeymooners. I mean, it yeah. was just. It was, yeah. exactly. and it was like it was like the first adults animated like it. It, sitcom. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was it, but it was the first one ever at in prime time. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, I believe so. And and maybe the last before The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, I think it seems right. What I think about you, for me, I was a big Scooby Doo fan, but particularly the Scooby Doo miss like the All Star movie mm-hmm. ones that had all the cameos. Oh yeah, so it was like Harlem Globetrotters, right. and Mama Cass, and yeah, those were special. Dick Van Dyke and yeah. Don Knotts. So it was yeah. like all these guys I kind of like because I you know grew up on comedy so yeah. too. So it was like right. oh, animated Don Knotts is in this, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh oh oh, but but that was like in the Flintstones with Anne Margrock. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> that was yeah. so cool. You were like, oh my god, it's Anne oh. Margrock. <laughs> 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 I mean, that was really Anne Margaret, wasn't it? I mean, did yeah. she yeah. the voice, right? She did, yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, that was cool. I love that, but guest stars are a big big appeal in cartoons. It's so cool when Definitely. that happens. We want to encourage our listeners to uh, come to the website, yeah. um, Pop My Pulture Podcast, and tell cartoons? us your first cartoon. And also, we these two fellows were nice enough to sign a Better Off Dead DVD. So, a real uh, DVD that you can between watch. Between now and October 25th, leave a comment with your first, and we'll choose whichever one uh, makes me happy. Bone. <laughs> and we'll send that wow. on to you. You're sort of power hungry, aren't you? <laughs> I, tell you. I just Man. don't have much, so any little place I can squeeze. Some. <laughs> All right, so uh, this time for my questions. Yeah, go I'll get for yours it. in. Um, so, I'm going to do three for each of you. This is just some nitpicky stuff from some of the stuff that okay. you did. So, Savage, to start with you. <laughs> oh, no. I'll uh, give you clues if you can. Okay. Yeah, she'll give you clues. Uh, you wrote and directed the cult classic Better Off Dead, which we've established. Uh, Lane brushes off Johnny, the I want my $2 paper boy, giving the excuse that his brother has stuck his arm in the microwave and his mom had to take him to the hospital and his grandmother just dropped acid, freaked out, and did what? Uh, oh, well, hijacked a school bus full of nuns. Oh. What? Wait a It's black and white. Wait, but what? they waddle more. Oh, oh, God, what did I say? A school bus full of penguins. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, oh, no. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, so much that's better so deal. weird. Oh, Savage, no. I think we've made a lot of progress this week. <laughs> we have our first breakthrough on the podcast. <laughs> that, that's dumb. Curtis was telling me about Tim Busfield, and I said, was Tim Busfield in it? And he said, I just said that. And then I, we realized that I had some sort of brain thing. So, yes, I just said nuns. We're working nuns through barriers. I can't but believe I, I said... I love you saying nuns. <laughs> Instead of... I don't nuns know probably would have been my clue if you couldn't think of it. I'd be like, they're like well, you nuns. Know, you know what's weird? In my little movie fast-forward button, I went through and I got to the scene where he's driving down the street and he almost runs over nuns. Oh, and and right. so I knew the line, but then I was picturing the nuns. And that's no excuse whatsoever. I, I should have said And you were penguins. thinking about your mom. And, Damn, yeah. Oh. So in the closet and being locked there all day. Anyway, that's all. Other stuff. Well, number you got two. it. So yeah. number two, uh, you wrote and directed the teen regatta comedy. I just like to call it that. Obviously, one crazy summer. One of my favorite regatta comedies. That's a that's one a very special genre. That's a very yes, particular niche. Um, I mean, there's so many teen regatta comedies. Yeah. Let's think about it. Yeah, I know. Every um, summer. Uh, so John Cusack plays Hoops McCann, whose character name was taken from what song by Steely Dan? Um, Glamour Profession. Yep. Boom. Oh yeah, Shaka Laka. Listen to that and drive around. And 
think I'm going to use this stupid name someday. <laughs> and you did. Yeah, I did. And then, you know, the whole idea that he can't shoot baskets yeah. and soup. So, yeah, yeah. we're good. Uh, question three. Uh, you're the mastermind behind Eek the Cat, a much-beloved cartoon which featured voice work by Bill Kopp, Charles Adlett, uh, Dan Castellaneta, Gary Owens, Elizabeth Daly, Tony Katane, Mr. T, Weird Al, <laughs> William Shatner, Kurtwood Smith, Jason Priestley, uh, Curtis, of course, and what future sitcom star in the role of Thuggo? Uh, Brad so Garrett. There you yep. go. Yes, I, that's so funny. I just three for him. three. No, no, of course. But you don't understand how much I think about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I thought you were going to ask about somebody else, which I would be like, I don't know. That's not me. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm sadly focus I'm on number one. I, I live in a bubble. Piece. There you go. <laughs> Everything about me. Well, hopefully that'll find its way somehow magically to DVD one day because yes. it's oh. a great series. Oh, thanks. Yeah, Out of that I'm ball. So. All right, Curtis, three for you. Okay. Is this like graded on a bell curve? It is, son of a bell curve. So you're doing well now. So we'll see, we'll yeah. see how you stack up against the other Curtis Armstrong <laughs> next week. Uh, he's an astronaut. Um, all right. You played Booger in all four of the super fun Revenge of the Nerds movies. Uh, the sound effect used to make the sound of the belch Booger uses to win the belching contest was what? Uh, it was two camels. <laughs> Mating. That's it. Yep. Seriously. Yep. Yes. Wait, when you were there going, ah, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, when I was doing it, it was right, me just doing with your mouth open going, oh, He was what? channeling the camels. Really? They said, the they thing said he can do. <laughs> what they said was, we're going to get a stunt belcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't say that, but that was what they that meant. That was implied. <laughs> uh, somebody who, would, who would, they would record. But the truth was, they couldn't find a, good a human man <laughs> capable. <laughs> Of that, and so they went to the <laughs> the next animal kingdom, <laughs> and they found this sound of of a, a camel being humped. Right. Wow. Oh, so ironically, saying, and um, <laughs> that's what that's what Booger is doing. That yes. Is so interesting. There you go. Good <laughs> job. Worth it. That's all you have. <laughs> this paid for it. No. <laughs> I could just ask. I told <laughs> that's true. It's kind of like your On thing about internet. writing. Yeah, I know. You know, you get credit for all right. of that, right? I get credit asked. for camels fucking. There you go. <laughs> Congratulations. Humping. Humping. I'm sorry. Humping. Uh, Ooh, all right. We just got Question. our explicit label. Yes. <laughs> Question two. Uh, you played. You, <laughs> you played Herbert Viola, Agnes DePesto's love interest on Moonlighting. The series finale, entitled Lunar Eclipse, was directed by what actor-director who recently helmed several Adam Sandler projects? Jimmy C. Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> Not your turn. <laughs> you can work with that in your next session. Sorry. It was Dennis Dugan. It was wow. indeed. A lot of people don't know that he's directed as much as he has. But he directs all the, all the time. All the time, yep. Never hires me, oh. but he directs <laughs> all the time. Dennis. Dugan. Wherever you are. <laughs> Burp. All right, and question three. Uh, You played Atlantic Records president Ahmet Erdogan in the acclaimed biopic Ray. Soon after signing Ray Charles, Ahmet takes a stride piano song to him that he wrote himself, which would become a huge hit. What was it? The Mess Around. Yes, it was. Yes. You did such a good job. You know your stuff. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, so now it's time for Vanessa's questions. These are slightly different. (laughs) Oh, now it's going to be the hard one. It's going to be bumpy. Here we go. Sci-fi stuff. Your protractors and (laughs) graphing calculators. DI-81s. Strangely enough, I had a question about a protractor. I just had this building called the Masons. I mean, I've heard of the Masons forever. But right. there's a really big one in La Cienega. So after these questions, yeah. well, can somebody explain what they are? I think like, it's a cult. Is it a religion or No, no, no. It's a, uh, it's a fraternal it's an order. organization. My grandfather was a mason yeah. okay. on one side. 
And and on the other side, he was just normal. Insert drum effect. But they're they are a fraternal, very old, ancient, and venerable organization. And so many secrets. They were they were established yeah, right. in Scotland. They're a Scottish uh, organization, and, but now are worldwide in practically every country um, in the world. Almost oh. as cool and as they, the Dead Poets Society, and yeah. they are—they are really. I mean, you have to—you you have to learn all of these things to secret handshake, that kind, and of so thing. much Even more. Yeah. I mean, you have to memorize pages of information and then dis- and, and recite it in order to go up the ladder to the very top. If you ever see the um, the um, uh, the Laurel and Hardy movie Sons of the Desert, it's kind of like that. Whoa! You know, so it's, it's just, like the Four H. <laughs> Not really. Not like anyway, but that that's leads what, that's me to my mean. first question. <laughs> but anyway. about animals. Recite <laughs> the third page. I'm just kidding. Have you ever met the Olsen twins? No. No. Okay. Next. Yes, out of your podcast. We're over 25. <laughs> just Why, fishing. You, just fishing here. Do you want to meet them? I just like to meet someone who has met them. Everyone can have their own wishes, okay? I don't need to explain my needs. <laughs> you know, you've made a lot of progress this week too. Last week. Remember, yeah, um, I don't want to talk about. You know, it. there's a weird story. <laughs> there, um, do you remember D. Snyder did some of the music in One Crazy Summer? He's the, the Twisted Sister. Mm-hmm. Right, he yeah. was obsessed with trying to get both their heads in his mouth. <laughs> 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 it's weird. He would bring it up all the time. He goes, "I just want to see." When they were little on yeah. that show, he always was like, "I just want to see if I can fit both Olsen twins' heads in my mouth." That's my very similar life. to my goal. Oh God! <gasps> but yeah, I thought that was mine. Is more like. Lower body. Oh. JK. No, I'm not. Nice. <laughs> well, we've got to shut this thing down. Oh. I, I was just kidding, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, double, but it's out there now. <laughs> you may have been kidding. Their but... bones are so small. Oh, I know. That's, that's wow. Okay, so I'm going to move to the next question. Wow. <laughs> are you sure you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's still involving the Olsen twins. Okay. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> well, so this is the Olsen twins section of yes. our show. Okay. <laughs> what you've been waiting for. No. A good fairy appears, and she offers you two wishes, but you she makes the wishes, okay? So you have to pick one of them. One of them is a three-week European vacation, all expenses paid with your loved one. One person. The other one is one afternoon where you and your loved one get to be puppies on the beach. You have your own brains, but you're in puppy bodies. And you get to play... You know, oh my gosh! Wait, I, you get to fly? No, play. Oh, play. I just started oh, okay. laughing because I was so excited. Oh, no, it sounds like a lot of fun so this far. Question Let's has get a lot of gravitas. So. <laughs> well, it's Go for just the door. Go for the door. You know what? <laughs> I've been asked this so many times. Um, I'm going to say. I love puppies, but I'll go for the European vacation. Okay. That's what I've said. Why, why would anyone choose puppies? I can't believe oh. that anyone is not choosing puppies. You could be a puppy with your loved one wrestling I, on the beach. I got it. I got uh, it. But do you I know still what puppies are? <laughs> yeah. I thought the question was you could be a puppy anywhere in Europe. And I was going to say France because they always poop on the anywhere there, right? Right. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. But I, I have to say I think I would rather just be a human I know that's wrong, but I, that's, I, I agree I with you guys. So, I'm really most. surprised because Cole was like, "I think you should change that question. Everyone's going to pick Europe," and I was like, "Oh, you are so wrong." Yeah, that was no. A hard Cole one. was right on yeah. that. Okay, so one you're more. You're not for a Cole. bad person. You just made a bad choice. I'm just not very- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this leads me to my next question, which is a little brainier. Ooh. Would you rather have constantly sweating breasts and be called oh. the man with weeping nipples, 
or have only one tooth on top and it's centered and pointy. But you don't have a nickname with that choice. Well, okay. Personally, I think you can hide your nope. windy breasts. Okay. Oh. Do I need to explain that? Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. No, you, you're not going to walk around on shirtless. No. But if you're wearing a shirt, it's, gonna it's going to like, sweat through. Sweat you through. can't be like, can't I'll just, yeah. yeah. You have to live with what you've chosen. Are you allowed to fix your teeth? No. Oh. But no, you no. could, it's, 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 yeah, you have to pick. You're ba- basically being pick your saddled with mm-hmm. one physical deformity yeah. or another. Or yeah. the other. But both of them are sort of cute, too. Yeah. No, they're not really <laughs> cute. They're not really cute. We have such different tastes. I don't like, even know I, what page yes. you're on right now. It's a good thing this isn't a first date because yeah. we go nowhere. <laughs> the puppies, the weeping yeah. breasts. Are the Olsen twins making the breast weep? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, That's a I, I mean, I, I still think you can hide your deformities with clothing. You know? Yeah, so. you would just have a wet top. But that's yeah. I Are you just, okay with a wet top? I usually have one. Anyway. Okay, so there you go. So you're going with I'm the go breast with wet top. weeping yeah. breasts. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with the. Um, that's a really that's, that's a hard, a hard one. one. I'm wow. a thinker. See, See when you think about it. Yep. Um, so they're 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 traditionally they're always weeping. They're always weeping. They never dry. Is, is that a thing? Is that a now thing? it is? Oh, I like it's that. like lactating tears. Yes, it's lactating okay. You're you're just making up stuff. It's a new disease of the week. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> but someone will listen to this and go, I have that. Yeah, yeah and I'll say, hey, you could have had a pointed tooth in the yeah, middle of your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't make the right so choice. <laughs> 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 oh. All right. Well, under the circumstances, it seems like I'm going to go with the tooth. Wow. wow. Okay. You know, at least I'd be dry then. Yeah, that's what I would pick, too. Plus, I could open beer cans. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And I think there's a part for people like that in the entertainment industry. Like, you could be a creature in a lot of movies if you had that little tooth. The nub. Yeah, the nub. Okay. Surprise. Oh, I like that. You're going to be on a primetime wacky sitcom called Who? Me? (laughs) Describe your character and who plays the female lead. Oh, crap. I'll let you start because you've done that. I I I I've built my career on doing yeah. that basically. Um okay, uh it's called who? Me? <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh uh the character is um the character is um maybe he's like uh he's uh a, <laughs> He's a transvestite, (laughs) a transvestite bus driver. Obviously. And his leading lady (laughs) is the woman who works in the terminal who gives him his assignments every morning. And she is played by the Olsen twins. (gasps) I love this show. And what it is is, what they do is... It's kind of like that Bunuel film where, where um, depending on her mood, she's played by one twin or the oh. other. Nice. You know, that way they don't have to do more than one moody. Right, mm. right. And then it's good for the who me moment, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's who, me? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, me, my sister, who's also me. Right. Whoa. Good job. No, they're not sisters. They're one person. It's, a, it's yeah. stunt casting. Yeah. Some weeks it's Ashley, mm. and Just some like weeks Full it's House. Mary Joe. Same thing. Mary Kate. Whatever, Mary Kate. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> Did you see the fury in my eyes? I'm sorry. Mary Kate. I'm sorry, hon. <laughs> <It's okay>. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I didn't realize we were treading in such dangerous. <laughs> All right, my, you're on. Well, 
my who is obvious. Um, oh. I'd be a guy who fights crime in Europe dressed <gasps> as a dog. <laughs> right? Nice. And, well, yeah. Right. And here's the thing. Um, my female lead is Lassie, or is it? Whoa. Because you don't know. You don't know, you don't know no. if there's somebody in there because I'm in there. Oh. You know, Maybe she's too, but we never meet her until season three. <gasps> And then we There's have a big puppy. reveal. Then we have a puppy. Oh my gosh! And then when the puppy comes in, everyone says, "Well, that's, no, that's where it jumps the shark." The shark. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so that when they it turn out. it on and yeah. you see the puppy, they go, They're, "Oh, this oh, is one of the lighter ones." No, no, no good. Right. Whomie well, was so much well, better first season. What was the kid in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the name of the kid in? Oliver. Timmy. Oliver. Oh. No, no, and Brady Bunch. Oh, it was Oliver. I didn't even know he had the name. Yeah, Oliver. Scrappy Doo is when Scooby Doo jumped the show. Oh, Scrappy Doo! Yeah, yeah, Scrappy Doo! Yeah. This is my last one, guys. All right, ready? If you have the power, this is deep. This is deep. And let's say a wizard is giving you this power to make it a little deeper, sweeten the pot. A wizard appears and grants you the power to radically switch social classes on someone. So they could go from being a king to poor, from being poor to the pope, whatever. Who is your first victim? Oh, it's a victim. Well, it or, be I mean, it could be a good thing. It could be a good or bad thing. Yeah. You could take somebody down a notch. Or... leaves it up to you, sire. Gosh. Um, yeah. I'd want someone that was really hurting to be really, really rich and just turn into a complete dick. Okay. You know? Um, Start a genocide or yeah, something. Yeah, I'd like to switch Give it Give him that switch opportunity. It <laughs> switch it up a bit. Um, and so they have to be angry and, and poor. Um I'm going to think about that while you go okay. to Curtis. Okay. Uh, I'll say... Um, uh, Do they have to be alive now? Can it be... No. Nope. Okay. Okay. I, I think I will go with Leona Helmsley. Mm-hmm. And um, she would have to be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which she's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one switch. <laughs> she That would be the first part of the switch. <laughs> um, and then she would have to be... In some kind of really humiliating position. I don't know, maybe sexually humiliating? Okay, or I'm down Are the Olsen twins involved? Mm, they could be. Okay. <laughs> it depends on what their thing is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough Ask about them. Vanessa. I wouldn't... Uh, I, yeah, Vanessa might know. What about it? I, know, I can't talk mind. about it on the air. Okay. Well, jeez. Um, I don't know. Uh, so that would be uh, uh, Le- Leona Helmsley was somebody who I would have liked to have seen some kind of serious comeuppance. Okay, good. Uh, you picked so, wisely and, well, and kindly. Die. She, did, she die. did die, but everyone dies. Yeah, yeah. They don't all deserve it. No, that's true. <laughs> but, but you know, then there's this then, stuff's got really deep. Well, there's there's lives you know horribly like like you could say like what if someone bought Hitler's paintings? You right. know, maybe exactly he, he got turned into an upper yeah. s- class person and maybe. You know, to He's save, just an save all those lives in World War yeah. II, I would say that's who I would wish, you know, maybe sold a few more paintings. Okay. That's a you know, very good, good answer. Wish. There you go. That, wow. That's a really good answer. Yeah. Okay. We'll so you're both well good tonight. people. Good, good job. With my new baby, son, my friend. <laughs> uh, just donate. So <laughs> well, we usually like mind. to wrap up the podcast with Hitler. Yeah. We've done it. It's yeah. so, uh, a nice way to go out. It is. Thank you guys for coming on. Oh, it's awesome. been a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm sorry we answered the, which one was it? The dog one was the... The dog question. No, it's okay. I you think you went the right way. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to get comments saying, Janessa, I don't know why no one understands you. Yeah. I'd be a puppy with you anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's different yeah. if you're... And I'm more of a cat person. Anyway. Okay. Person. That's the thing. Okay. You're all cat people. Okay. There it is. Yeah. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. 
Wow. I get it. She's all up in her face. <laughs> She's really, really sensitive about table split. She really is. So, Curtis, you, you have a series on TBS? No, I don't. I don't have a series on TBS. I heard you were starring in it, and you're famous, and you're going to be doing it, and you're making millions of dollars from it. That's not true. <laughs> um, I'm doing an episode of a series on TBS. There we go. Uh, is it a drama? It's No, it's a comedy, but it's an hour-long comedy. Wow. Uh, which means there's twice as many jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but and twice as much Curtis. And No, Sweet. there's not twice no. as much Curtis. Okay. But it's, uh, you know who's, who's in it no. is... Tim um, Busfield? Not Tim <laughs> Busfield. I, sorry, I'm going to beat not? that to death. <laughs> Good. It's going to be something we use a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, Brad Garrett. Oh, 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 there you go. That's funny. Uh, He's and great. I'm going to see him tomorrow. And oh, tell you him tell him hello from me, please. He is yeah. a sweet guy. Um, but um, uh, it's an hour-long, uh, uh, hour-long comedy about uh, these guys in a fraternity in the 80s. Oh, oh cool. that's great. In the years of the 80s, not their ages. They're, they're <laughs> octogenarians <laughs> living in a frat house. Keggers. Back to the clan of the cave bear. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I'm doing that right now. Excellent. Awesome. That's what I'm doing. Well, keep an eye. And what's the name of the show? It's called Glory Days. I'm there. Oh, that's fantastic. And wait, so you guys are. Re- do you, will you, do you think you'll be. A, I they, bet you will. They, they, I, they say that, but they're in a frat house mm-hmm. and we're their fathers. So, you know, where are we going to oh. be? How often are we going to be? You pop just up? sneak some limes in, like, well, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to go in the basement. I'm going to start yeah. my yeah. own fraternity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like old That's school. That's a good idea. I'll yeah. pitch that. Try it out. Just tell him I, I told Slip you. Slip it in there? Tell him Curtis. It's my idea. <laughs> I will. That was funny. I saw Brad. Uh, my son just went to the, we, what we call back East Junior High School, but it's middle mm-hmm. school. Right. And I saw Brad there. His son was going there, and I was like, Brad! And he was like, hi, guy that I don't know. It was sort of sad. Bring that up tomorrow, Curtis. Yeah, yeah, make sure that you've humiliated him. I was just a guy. I was just a guy. I wasn't the guy that hired him. No. No. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. A little forgotten so, about God. You were just the genius <laughs> that, that I without built whom him. it would never have No, happened. there would yeah. be there no go. Brad Garrett without me. That's right. That's You're not, his father. That's, not, that's weird. You didn't, <laughs> it could, no, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows in this world? You know, whatever. We're all here. And Savage, you have a fairly odd parents that you're... Oh, yeah, saying? i got to plug that. No, I don't have to plug that. But, um, uh, yeah, that, that cartoon that's on Nickelodeon, it's its 10th anniversary. Yeah. And so um, we did this live action version of it with um, Drake Bell, who was in Drake and Josh, yeah. right, which maybe is more, you know more about that than the Beatles. I mean, I'm into the tween scene, okay. so, yeah. Um, and he was really <laughs> sweet and cool. And um, Cheryl Hines, who I think is oh, yeah. in your, was in your, sh- the show that you did. She's in it also. She's awesome. Guest star. And uh, it's very cute. It's really neat. Great. It's a lot of CGI, so it's kind of, it was kind of, it was like new for me, you know. It's yeah. just, that, that's what I liked about it. It was kind of a challenge because it's like, there's so much boring stuff you have to do with CGI stuff because you're like putting up sticks with things on them yeah. talking and it looks right. so horrible. But um, I've seen some of the stuff and it's looking pretty cute. Awesome. Awesome. Thank and you. I've got a couple of animated things too, which I should mention. You yes, better. please be do. On starting next year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, one of them is, is a Nickelodeon one mm. with my stable mate here. Mm-hmm. Um, called Robot and Monster. That starts next year. Awesome. And then one on the new uh, uh, network called The Hub mm-hmm. called right. Dan Versus. And oh, cool. I play an extremely angry man. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good fun. for you. And it gives me an opportunity to... Ben, I, right? Oh, boy, does it. It's just amazing. So very funny stuff, though. 
Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be watching all of your things. Definitely. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Thanks yeah. for having uh, us. It's been really a real thrill. Um, you can follow the podcast at PMC Podcast yeah. on Twitter. At, I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. This is also uh, it's our 25th episode, yep. and uh, you know we don't make any money on this. <laughs> no, but we do spend some. <laughs> we do. So uh, if you guys feel free to send us a dollar or two, we'd love it. We have a donation thing on our website. Yeah, we just put a us. link on um, popmyculturepodcast.com, a donation link, and every little cent helps. And uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can the audience leave now? Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.